0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, praise God, man. It's uh, a beautiful Sunday morning, and uh, we've... We've got a, a good series going that we started a couple weeks ago, but as we get into that, I wanted to show you, this really goes along with the message today, and it's this book called How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. Uh, this is by Brother Hagin. This has been a, a very key book in my life uh, to help me when facing decisions, when, when not knowing, well, hey, what do I need to do next? What, what's the next thing? How you can be led by the Spirit of God because I don't know about you. I don't have any more time for wrong choices, for mediocre choices. Man, I need to make the right choice on the first time and I can do that if I'm led by the Spirit of God and I'm relying on uh, the Lord and not on my own understanding. Amen. And so, uh, that's, that's that book that is available in the, in the bookstore back there and a great tool, a great aid to help you get along the way. Well, the title of today's message is this. Promises, promises, and it's part three. And what we're talking about this morning is promises from God's word, because whether you know it or not, you have a lot of promises that God made to you where where he's saying, I promise you, I will do this for you. Now, oftentimes, you know, we'll see in scripture where it says, if you do this, God will do this for you. If you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, he will direct your paths. In fact, we're going to look at that verse in a minute. But no doubt about it, you have a Bible stuffed full of promises of really good things that God wants to do in your life. Now, so many times people, they don't fully grasp the, the weight of the word promise because we've weakened it, we've watered it down in our modern day and in our society where we say, I promise you I'll do this, but we don't really mean it. We, we just meant that, hey, I need you to help me out right now, scratch my back, and I promise I'll do something for you later. And, and, and we just throw these words around all the time, but you need to recognize and you need to know that when God makes a promise, He aims to keep it and he will keep it because a promise is only as good as the word of the one making it and so some people their words no good they don't even they don't even believe themselves anymore but they just go around their words no good so they make promises but they're very empty but i can tell you this this morning that god's word is good psalm 34 says "O oh, taste and see that the lord is good good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. I'm telling you today, God's word is good. He can be trusted to keep his promise. And if we will wrap ourselves, if we will trust in his promises, they will keep you. They will see you through. And God will do great and mighty things in your life. If you've got the guts and the faith to believe him for his promises, he's got the power to back it up and make it happen every time. It's not about your power. He's got the power. You just provide the faith. You just provide the belief and God will back it up and make something incredible happen in your life. Now, this morning, I'm looking at three promises and I'm going to be straight up honest I'm I'm cherry-picking some gold out of the Bible right now. I mean, not all this stuff even connects, but listen to me. I'm kind of like my kids. Sometimes they like to get the box of Lucky Charms out. They just pick the marshmallows. They don't, they don't care about the other. And, and that, and you know, it's super frustrating when I go to get some cereal in the morning, but it's okay. They got the good stuff. They got what they wanted. And I'm telling you right now, I don't even care right now. I cherry picked some incredible promises out of God's word to show you this morning that are nothing but good and gonna bless you. And so I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to strengthen your faith and let you know that God's got something good in store for you you but you're going to have to do your part and you're going to have to believe he'll provide the power he'll provide the resources you just got to provide the faith and the belief and watch what god will do in your life can somebody give god a little praise before we get started this morning man man all right if you need an outline for the message to follow along with the ushers have some outlines there to kind of help you make sense of this whole thing so raise your hand if you didn't get one when you came in and they're going to help you out with that and so i'm going to open in prayer and we're going to get right in to the word of god today father in jesus name i thank you lord so much for your word god what a gift That you gave to us your written word right here in front of us in black and white. We can read this, God. We can see what you want to do in our lives. And, God, I pray today that as we're opening our hearts to you, you're going to speak to us. You know, God, you know what each person in this room is facing, what they're dealing with right now. And I believe that you're going to answer some things today. You're going to provide some guidance and some direction and some correction and take care of our needs today. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. The first thing we're talking about is this, promises, promises. Number one is God will show me the right direction to take. That excited me when I read, I guess not you, but when I read that, I was like, that's good news. I'll take the good, I'm, I'm here for the gospel. The good news is I don't have to be lost anymore. God will show me the right direction to take. Has anyone in here ever been lost? As I've said, I mean, you've got to kind of have some real skill in our day and age to actually get lost somewhere because it's we've got access to nonstop direction. But still, there are those special people that can somehow still find the way to get lost on the interstate or whatever. And that's fine. That's if that's you, that's great for you. But overall, it's a little bit harder to get lost than it used to be. But I can tell you this. I've been lost before. And and it's not a fun spot to be in where you have no idea where you're at. And I remember uh, this one time, uh, Josh and I, we scored uh four tickets to the Indy 500, a huge, huge race, right? In fact, it's the the largest single day sporting event in the world. So you get 350,000 rednecks to all uh, meet at one racetrack. And we watch cars take a left turn for three hours driving 220 miles an hour. It's a great time. But here's the thing. So many people go that, that you can just drive close to the track within a few miles and you can pay people to park In their driveway and so we're we're pulling up to the race this day and and there's some guy outside hey you know what 20 bucks you can park in my driveway i'll drop you off at the track you don't even have to walk we're like good deal all right so i mean this was in uh before we had had gps on our phones at least this is like 2006 i think and and so uh we pay the guy and we're just excited to get to the race he drops us off we sit through the race it's a great race but then the race is over and I have no idea where in the city of Indianapolis our car is. And it's a large city. There's about 800,000 people. It's a very large city. And, and our car, it, it still exists. It's still there. We just don't know where. And so we spend hours and hours walking around somewhere a five mile radius of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and we were tired, and I had two friends from Holland that went to college with me. that They they were with us, and hours and hours, and we finally found that stinking car, man. And I have never been happier to find a car in my entire life, but being lost is not fun. Now, here's the thing. That's, you know, kind of in the natural world, but Really, there's bigger things that happen to us than that. You're presented with bigger options, bigger questions, bigger scenarios where you need a legit answer. And sometimes, like, I don't even know which direction to go from here. God's got the answer. In fact, we've got this incredible gift, the Holy Spirit, that will even... Tell us what to do. Tell us which way to take. Tell us what to say. Let's look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Who's glad they're in church this morning? Psalm 69, verse 9 says, Passion for your house has consumed me. And I feel that way, man. Passion for God's house. Passion for His church has consumed me. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord with my family on a Sunday morning. And we've got a beautiful family right here. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, very familiar verses. Uh, in fact, some would call these refrigerator verses. You put them on a nice magnet and just put them on your refrigerator. People think you're spiritual. No, I'm kidding. But it's good for you. It's really good, solid verses. And sometimes with these verses we've heard a thousand times, uh, you know, sometimes they fly over our head. But I want you to get a hold of this today. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Is that talking about the blood pump inside your chest? No, that's talking about your spirit. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, with your spirit, with all that you have within you. Do not depend on your own understanding. Okay, let's just take a time out there. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but seriously, how many of us, if we were to be honest, could say, I basically just trust on my own understanding of every situation in life. I, uh, I, I know I should trust in the Lord, and I say amen when people quote this verse, because I don't want to look silly, but if I was to be honest, uh, I basically rely on my own understanding. If I don't understand it, I don't do it. Hands are going up everywhere. I didn't ask for the hands, but that's, that's on you. And so, if we were to be real honest, we would all say, amen brother, trust in the Lord with all your heart brother. Yes, yes, yes. We'd put on that religious voice and try to look cool, but most people, if they were to get real, they would say, honestly, I basically depend on my own understanding. If uh, I read a scripture and it doesn't make sense to my understanding, then I just don't obey it because I, I. And you would never say that, but let's let's just get real. It's just us. It's just me and you. Let's just get real for a minute. If you don't understand it, then you just think that well, I'm not going to do that one. Or or if a situation comes and you don't understand it, or or or, or, or you can't explain, you, you you rely on your own understanding. And then you wonder, I never know which way to go. I never know the right decision to make. I never. Why not? Because the promise in this verse is, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Verse six. In all your seek His will in all you do, and then He will show you which path to take. You never. You, you want to claim verse six. All of us do, but sometimes. We're not obeying verse five, and then we wonder why we're lost, like, well, I don't know which way to go. I, I never know what to do. I never know what to say, I never know which decision, and I feel like I'm just spinning in circles, and God promised me that he would give me direction, and he promised me, Well, you're calling the shots right now, bud. You're call you're you're the one, you're depending on your own understanding, and then you're expecting God to give you direction. What if he gave you direction, but you didn't understand it, so you didn't do it. And now you're lost. I mean, that's let's just that, that's something to consider. That's between you and God. What if God spoke to you and he did give you the direction, but you were depending on your own understanding? And so, well, I didn't understand what I, I didn't make any sense. So I just didn't do it. That's not how this thing works. We've got to constantly be listening because God is constantly speaking. I read this story this week, this uh, an old Italian church story. I'm going to read it. And and and, uh, and it's kind of a neat story. But in a small Italian town, hundreds of years ago, a small business owner owed a large sum of money to a loan shark. The loan shark was an old slick looking guy, kind of greasy looking guy that just so happened to fancy the business owner's daughter. He decided to offer the businessman a deal that would completely wipe out the debt that he owed him. However, the catch was that he would only wipe out the debt if he could marry the businessman's daughter. Needless to say, this proposal was met with a look of disgust. The loan shark said that he would place two pebbles in a bag, one white and one black. The daughter would then have to reach into the bag and pick out a pebble. If it was black, the debt would be wiped away, but the loan shark could marry the daughter also. If it was the white pebble, the debt would be wiped away completely and the daughter would not have to marry the loan shark. And so this slick guy's coming up with this deal that that he thinks he's going to get the best of both worlds. So they're standing on a on a, in a, a pebble a strewn garden there, and the loan shark bends over and picks up two pebbles. While he was picking them up, the daughter noticed that he picked up two black pebbles and put both of those in the bag. The daughter had three choices at this point in time: what she could do. One, she could just refuse to pick up a pebble, knowing that this guy was a cheater, and then the guy could do whatever to the dad. Or, or two, she could take both pebbles out of the bag and expose the cheat, lone shark, for what he was doing. Or, number three, she could pick a pebble from the bag, knowing full well they were both black, and sacrifice herself for her father's freedom. At that moment, the Holy Spirit gave her an instant game plan. She drew out a pebble from the bag, and before looking at it, she accidentally dropped it into the midst of all the other pebbles on the ground. She said to the lone shark, Oh, how clumsy of me. Oh, I'm trying to, do, I'm trying to do the, Oh, how clumsy of me. Never mind. If you look into the bag for the one that is left, you'll be able to tell which pebble I actually picked. So the pebble left in the bag is obviously black, and seeing as the Lone Shark did not want to be exposed, he had to play along as if the pebble the daughter dropped was the white one and clear the father's debt and clear her name. Now that's just kind of a you know an interesting, silly old folklore tale from Italy and, and I'm not Italian, but it looked really good. And so but 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 here's the thing. At the right moment of decision, when a decision had to be made, the Holy Spirit provided a game plan. Now That sounds like a silly story, but I can't even tell you how many times in my life where it's like I need a decision and I need one about right now. I don't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit will instantly give you what to do. Why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you why, because I like it. And it's in John chapter 16. Let's flip over there to John chapter 16. The Holy Spirit will give you direction. Who knows that? Who knows that? I mean, and, and, and the sad thing is, the Holy Spirit is a gift for every Christian. We all have a measure of the Spirit. We are all born of the Spirit. But so many people do not rely on this valuable gift. And I can tell you right now, if you will learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, you'll make the right decision every single time. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, that sounds a little bit... You will make the right decision every single time. If you will learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 13, these are the words of Jesus. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Look at this, and he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. How many people in this world pay big money to somebody to try to tell them about the future and tell them things to come. Right. I remember when I was in high school, there was this crazy lady on TV named Miss Cleo. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Back in the early 2000s, okay. And so she was, she was a tarot card lady, and and you could call in and pay her big money, and she would, you know, tell you your future. Well, it turns out she didn't really have that ability. Uh, I think the feds busted her for running a racket. And anyway, she was, she lived in an apartment like somewhere down in, in L.A., but but it wasn't all fraud. But people in this world. They would love to know what's coming next. They would love to know. People are desperate to know, what do I do next? What's the next decision that I make because I don't know what to do? People are willing to pay big money to frauds and people on TV and things of the devil to try to get answers. But I am telling you right now, I don't have to do any of that. Because the spirit of truth has come. The Holy Spirit, he can lead me. He can guide me. He can tell me things to come, tell me about my future, and tell me which decision to make. And I don't have to pay a thing for it. All I've got to do is learn how to listen. Somebody should give God praise right now because that is a gift that you have that this world would be desperate for. You have a built-in advantage over everybody else at your work. Hey, and I don't know about you. I'm fine with that. I'll take any advantage I can get. The Holy Spirit is to your advantage, but we have to learn to listen. I just read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord, and he'll show you. Lean not to your understanding. You've got to learn to acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. We have to be better listeners and so many people are very good at talking we got any good talkers in the room come on talkers raise your hand right now you know who you are okay we got a lot of good talkers but it's a real skill to be able to listen right and and so a lot of us we even we don't have a problem talking to the lord and that's good we should talk to the lord we should pour it all out to him But some people, they don't they don't know how to listen when the spirit of God is trying to direct them and tell them the very next thing they should do. And I'm telling you right now that God is speaking to you every single day. Are you listening? I promise he speaks every there's not a day that goes by that God isn't talking to me. Now, we got to realize that he's speaking through his word Every day. That's why a day doesn't go by that I don't get up and get this Bible out and sit down and say, God, you know I've got a full day ahead of me. I've got, it feels like, ten meetings. I've got to go to this school. I've got to meet with these people. These people just had this happen. These guys need this from me. I've got four kids. I've got four basketball teams. God, i got to hear from you before I hear from anybody else. And not a day goes by that he doesn't talk to me. Not one day. But are we listening? Now, what if he tells me something that I didn't want to hear? He's still talking. Sometimes he tells me something like, I didn't want to hear that. I wanted to hear how much you love me, Jesus, not how I need to change. Sometimes we're saying, Lord, change these circumstances. Change all of this. And God's saying, no, I want to change you right now. Are we willing to listen when he's trying to direct our path and show us which way to take? God's speaking to you every single day. And one of the biggest ways is he's speaking through his word to you. He will speak to you through other people. Can I get an amen on that? God will speak to you through other people people, and that's why I'm not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, we are starting up these incredible lift groups, and I am so excited in March for you to be able to have a place where you can plug in with a tight-knit group of people and talk to each other, study the Bible together. You have no idea what a gift this is to those that will plug in to a lift group and let God speak into their lives. Man, what a gift. For you to have godly, righteous friends. Who knows you need godly, righteous friends? Because some of your some of your friends aren't so godly, right? Some of them aren't so righteous. Some of them give you really bad advice, don't they? You know, I was talking to the youth group on Wednesday night about the, the scripture tells us that Jesus can relate to our troubles. Jesus can relate to our circumstances because he lived on this earth for 33 years. He became human. He can relate to to the struggles that we have, and I like to talk to somebody that can relate to what I'm going through. I don't want to talk to some of my, you know, uh, let's just be real. I don't want to take marriage advice from somebody that's not married. I don't want to take parenting advice from somebody that doesn't have any kids. I want somebody that can relate to me. Jesus can relate to you, and listen, there are Christian people in this very room that go to the same church that you do that you don't even don't even talk to him. You could hook up, man, into a lift group and surround yourself with the right godly people, and they could speak to your life, you could speak to their life, and you could grow and become a stronger person, man. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Anyway, that's my plug for the lift group. Somebody give God praise on the lift groups. Come on. But my point is this. God is speaking to you every day. You need to learn to listen. What's another promise that God gave me? I'm just going to cherry pick this one right there out of the cherry bucket. And it's this, is that God will give me discipline. Amen. I, wait, no, not amen. What, do I say amen to that? I'm confused. Listen, you say amen to that because discipline from God is one of the greatest gifts that He has to give to you. Seriously. And, 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 you know, I'll read a verse in a minute, but God loves those he disciplines. God loves those he brings correction to. Now, the sad thing is there's a huge, twisted understanding of God's discipline, and I'll explain that. But what I want you to do, first of all, is look at Psalm 94, verses 12 through 13. And I'm going to show you why this is such an exciting promise from God's word that he loves me enough to discipline me and correct me and straighten me out because am i the only one here that's ever needed discipline or is somebody else needed a little correction and you didn't get it right the first time but god came through and gave you the right way psalm 94 we're going to look at verses 12 through 13 and i believe it was just the other morning man i stumbled across this gold mine of a verse man it's early morning i'm reading my bible and i see this i'm like man that oh that's good stuff Psalm 94, verses 12 through 13, and and and, and this sounds kind of like, wait, no, that's not how I've ever understood discipline. But it says, "Joyful are those you discipline, Lord; those you teach with your instructions." Wait a minute, joyful are those you? Why? Why would I be joyful when I had to get disciplined? I can tell you, man, when I grew up, sometimes I got a little discipline, right? Right? I got, a, and, and usually I wasn't joyful afterwards. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your teaching and instruction. No, man, usually I was upset. But not so with God. It says joyful are those you discipline, Lord, those you teach with your instructions. You give them relief from troubled times until a pit is dug to capture the wicked. Well, it says right there, we'll tie it all in together, reading in context. For a few things I want to point out is, Notice it says here that the discipline God gives us is through his instructions. All throughout the book of Psalms, the word of God is referred to as God's instruction, his law, his direction. And and I'm telling you right now, that verse right there is talking about God's word. Joyful are those you discipline and those that you teach with your instruction. How is one of the main ways God is going to discipline me and correct me it's through his word definitely now so many times people like man i think god's trying to teach me something you know this past week we were in a car wreck and then i found out that i owed two thousand dollars to the irs god must be just trying to teach me something seriously what kind of a dad makes his kids get in a car wreck to teach them something what kind of a dad may that that's that, that that type of thinking has crippled Christians for many, many years. God does not teach us by sending bad things into our life. John ten ten says what? The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life, and life more abundantly. God's going to teach me through His word. He's not going to teach me by stealing my kids from me. He's not going to teach me by destroying my marriage. He's not going to teach me by giving me cancer. He's not. That is not. The work of God, that's the work of the devil, but what a genius strategy the devil has used for all these years where you don't know if the bad things are coming from God or the devil. Where's it coming from? God wants good for your life. Now I will tell you this, I have learned through pain. I have learned through it. It was not God who sent it. Nevertheless, I'm not going to wait if I've done something dumb, if I if pain has come to my life, I am going to learn from it and I'm not going to let that happen again. I pain can be a good teacher, but it's not God who sent it and it is not his original plan. Back when Isaac was about 4 year 3 or 4 years old, a I man, I'm pretty good on a griddle, I'm not going to lie and I'm not trying to, you know, I say this in a humble way. I make a pretty mean grilled cheese sandwich, okay? On a grit on a griddle. The Lord knows my heart, and that God knows my heart. So, but but he would, always, Isaac would always, yeah, you know, there's just something in human nature where you say, "Don't touch that," and then the child wants to touch that. And so I'm constantly telling him, "Bud, don't touch that. That's gonna burn you." And so I can always see him every time I'm flipping the sandwich. He's always getting closer and closer. Don't do it. Well, one day he does it. Boom, touches it and screams and he's all hurt and crying. And and, and 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 as I'm looking at this, I'm helping him, I'm comforting him, I'm fixing it, I'm taking care of the situation. He learned a very valuable lesson that day. Was it the Father's will that he touched the hot griddle? Did the Father commission it? Did the Father call upon this to happen? No, the Father did not. The father was there to bring comfort and pick you up and say, did you learn from this? Did you, did you get some, are you gonna do that again? He never did it again. And every situation of my life that I can look back on that I have learned through pain, every single time I can see somewhere further back along the road where God was trying to get my attention before the pain ever came and say, I'm just warning you, bud, don't do this. Don't go that way. Here's what the scripture says. I would hear a sermon on it. Somebody would tell me about it. I would read a scripture in the Bible. Every time God tried to cut the trouble off at the pass and the times that I've brought it, it's because I ignored those warnings. I ended up learning, but it was not the Father's original plan for me to learn it that way his original plan was listen to what that pastor's saying listen to what that sister's telling you look at this verse i've just shown you five in the last week listen get i'm trying to get your attention and he tried to get my attention but i but i but i ignored it or i was not listening and i brought pain into my life and i learned and i i, and I try to never do that again but it was not the father's original plan so god disciplines us through his Word. Through getting our attention in some way, but he does not do it by bringing trouble and harm and danger and pain into our life. Amen? And so, notice this says right there, Psalm 94, verse 12, that those that get disciplined from God are, what? They're joyful. They aren't sad. They aren't angry. Why would I be joyful when God disciplines me well? Because it goes on to say, He is giving me relief from troubled times. Who's ever had troubled times? I've had them. And I can tell you this much. I really like relief from troubled times. I love relief. I love to get out of troubled times. And it tells me right there, if I will receive the Lord's discipline, he'll give me relief and I will have joy for the whole thing. And I'll come out all the better than I was before. So if you've been frustrated and troubled in life over and over again, and then someone teaches you the right way to do something, you can either be embarrassed that you didn't know the right way and needed correction, or you can be grateful that you do know the right way now and you don't have to be troubled anymore. Man, I don't I don't like to keep doing something the wrong way over and over. I'm not too proud to admit, hey, I think I'm doing this wrong. Can somebody show me the right way so I don't have to keep... Hurting myself so I don't have to keep going through this over and over. Discipline is a good thing. It is for our benefit. And it proves that God loves us. And I'm going to show you that in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Man, what a beautiful promise from God's word that he loves me enough to straighten me out when I need it. To correct me. To discipline me. What a beautiful promise. What a good father. You know, a, a, a bad father doesn't care enough about his kids to discipline him when they're when they're doing wrong. And I mean, that's that's not a good dad. That, a, a good dad brings correction and instruction and discipline, even if it's not what the kid wants to hear. Proverbs 3 verses 11 through 12. And this is beautiful. It says, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. Well, why? Well, it says here, for the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. The Lord corrects those he loves. Maybe you're here this morning and God's spoken some correction to your life. Thank you, Jesus, for that correction. Thank you that God loved you enough to get you here this morning and let the word of God do something in your life. To change you for the better. That's a promise from God's word. And I'm telling you right now. That God wants to give us correction and discipline. So we can be what he needs us to be. Somebody say amen to that this morning. Thank you Lord for discipline. And the third thing is this. You know again we're kind of just. Man we're just picking some good stuff today. Number three is this. And I'm very confident in saying this. That God is on my side that sounds arrogant no it's not arrogant i know that my father is on my side he's not on the he's not on the other team's side he's not out there cheering for the ones trying to take me down my father is on my side he wants me to win and i want you to see this in psalm 56 verse 9 psalm 56 verse 9 there's some things that you need to be able to say With confidence in your life. And one of them is, man, I don't know what's going on right now, but I know this much. God is on my side. That's not arrogant. That's not uh, uh, just assuming things. That's the truth from God's word. Psalm 56 and verse 9. And this is powerful, man. You have got to see this. Psalm 56 and verse 9. Who knows that your father loves you? Who knows? that God wants the absolute best for you. God wants you to have a life of peace, a life of the joy of the Lord. Psalm 56 and verse 9, it says, My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know, God is on my side. I may not know everything in life. You can ask me questions that I don't know the answer to that, but I do know this. God is on my side. Whatever enemy tries to come against me, listen, if I'm, if I'm living for God, man, I'm serving God, I'll tell you right now, God is on my side. Now, I don't believe in having people be my enemies. Unfortunately, not everybody believes that, so some people may think they're my enemy. But listen, I don't believe in having people for my enemy. I, I don't have a person in this world that I say, oh, that, that's my enemy right there. That's my arch nemesis. Man, that's stupid. Don't act like that. That's that's immature. People are not your enemies. But some people, they may think they're your enemy. I'll tell you that. And we also know that the devil's an enemy, and he tries to come against you. And so if it's me versus the devil, whose side is God on? God is on my side. I don't even think that that's that that far of a stretch to even say that. God is on my side. If some... Person is coming against me, and I know, man, I'm living for God. I'm not perfect, but I'm living, I've got a right heart before God, and some person is trying to come in and bring harm into my life against me, against my family, against me. Listen, you better watch it, bro. God's on my side. God's on my side. And, and, and it may seem like, well, I, I, I we, we don't ever know what my, God, is on my side and and uh, i want you to see here verses 10 and 11 i'm living for god verses 10 and 11 it says i praise god for what he has promised yes i praise the lord for what he has promised i trust in god so why should i be afraid what can mere mortals do to me I mean, some of you that just flew over your head like a pop fly in left field, but some of you that landed right. I saw it. I just caught that. Listen, God's on my side. I trust in God. Why should I be afraid of people? What could a mere mortal do to me? Nothing. Nothing that God can't fix. There's no person in this world that, that, that can damage me that God, God is on my side. Why would I be afraid of what people could do, what people have planned for me when I know this much? I trust. Now, if I'm trusting in people, if I'm trusting in myself, you know, oh, be strong. you got to be strong. you got to be strong. What does it tell you to just be strong? It doesn't. Now, it does tell you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I'm getting tired of hearing people say I'm just trying to be strong, just trying to be strong. I'm just giving it everything I've got. Stop. No wonder you're tired, man. You're wrestling yourself. You're wrestling the devil. You're wrestling. You're wrestling everybody. Knock it off. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I'm no longer just trying to be just trying to be strong for my family. Just trying to be. No. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And when I'm relying on his strength, man, nothing can take me down. I am strong. I am fortified when I'm doing it through God and through his word. And it says right here, I don't have to be afraid of people. What can mere mortals do to me? Now, let's just be honest. You can only mess with one of God's kids for so long and get away with it. You know, this may not be something we talk about all the time. This may not be a a popular topic, but I can tell you this much. You can only mess with the father's kids for so long before you kind of cross that line and dad has to finally step in and do something. Now, God is slow to anger. I know this. Do you know this? God is rich in love, slow to anger but he does still have the ability to get angry. And if you go messing with his daughter for too long, you go pushing his daughter around and poking her around and trying to make her life miserable, you will eventually cross that line where he's like, okay, I've had it. And he will step in. Now, I'm not sitting there hoping for this to happen, cheering for, God, get him, zap him, Lord, do it. No. It makes me sad to think, that somebody could bring judgment and anger from God upon their life because they were bullying and harassing one of God's kids for so long. That point can happen, and you can cross that line. And I know that in my life, that 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 if somebody wants to mess I I don't have to try to get revenge because God's going to get revenge. Well, I, I would never... Turn to the book of Romans, please, so I can just straight out show you what I'm talking about, that I am not at all exaggerating this. But what I'm, what, what is it we're dealing with? We're dealing with promises from God's word. And I'm encouraging you today that, that God is on your side. Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 19. And when you know who you are, When you know that you're one of God's children, when you know that you're part of the royal family, and when you know that God's on your side, you can walk into a room with total confidence. Even if everybody in there is talking about you, I can walk right in and not even care. Why? Well, if God was on their side, I'd be scared. But he's not. He's on my side. Why? Because I'm his son. You're his daughter. You're living for him. Romans 12, verse 19, it says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Why? Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Ooh, wow, that doesn't sound, that sounds kind of, I mean, is this the New Testament, Pastor Dave? This is the New Testament, guys. This is Romans. It's in the New Testament. It says, leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. I'm not sitting there praying for God. Lord, pay them back. Jesus, get him, Lord, go in. But there does come a point in time where God does take vengeance, does take revenge into His own hands for somebody smacking you around in life and harassing you and trying to screw your life up. God will eventually have to come in and do that. And says, don't, don't, don't. But here's the thing: if you take revenge into your own hands, you're on your own. If I leave vengeance in God's hands. It's totally up to him. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to lay awake at night thinking, man, how am I going to get them back? Oh, here's this. If they say this, then I'll say that. Anybody? I know, I know. I bet that they're going to do this. And here's my next move after that. You've got a chess game going on in your mind of how you're going to. and, And God's saying, my Lord, I said I'd take care of it. I said I'd take care of it. Just leave it alone. But when we... Take matters into our own hands. They're in our own hands. You are left at that point without a promise of God for victory. Because you're trusting in yourself with all your heart. You're leaning to your own understanding. In all your ways, you're acknowledging your strength and vengeance and wrath. And you will tell you which path you think is best to take. And I have found out. That when I leave matters, not just vengeance, but any matter in God's hands and say, you know what, I'm not smart enough to figure this out anyway. I'm just going to leave this with you and I'm going to go about living my life and I'm going to let you work it all out, God. When I leave matters in God's hands and let him deal with it, it always turns out good. But sometimes we, well, okay, I'll cast it on the Lord. And then, well, this is Sunday, so you're in church with all these holy people. So it seems like a, yeah, I'm going to say that. But then Monday comes and, you know what, God, I need that back. I got an idea. I'm going to take that. And, you, and I'll just put that in. And you take it back. No, don't do that. Cast the care upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Leave it in God's hands. Let him Deal with it and he'll deal with it. He may not deal with it on Monday morning, but he's going to take care of it. And you're going to come out on top if you'll let God do his thing and you quit trying to take God's job away from him. Thank you for your holy silence. I feel it, too. Amen. And so. This same verse in the Passion Translation, it says, beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. Now don't say amen if that's you, but we know you're here. Okay, we know you're here. Don't be obsessed with taking revenge, but leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scriptures say, if you don't take justice into your own hands, I will release justice for you, says the Lord. You mean if I don't take it into my own hands, God will just go ahead and deal with? It? That's yeah, that's what we're saying. If I will leave justice. In God's hand, but they treated me wrong. They treated me not fair. They did this to me. They did that. That's fine. And God knows it. And God will deal with them. No doubt about it. God will deal with it if you don't. And God's got a much better way of dealing with things than you do. Have you found that out yet, that God knows better than you? He's just a tad bit smarter than you are. He's seen more. He's done more. He's smarter than you are. Quit trying to take everything into your own hands. Quit trying. This is for somebody, and this is a word for somebody. Quit trying to fix everything. You know, you're like, the, you know, we, some of us, we watch these HGTV shows, and we think we could go flip but You can't. You can't flip a house. You can't. No. Don't. You can't. Put the hammer down, walk away, call somebody, stop. But then you think, well, you know what, I could go, I, 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 I've got it, I'll, I'll do all, and, and then you, you think you're a fixer-upper of your, of your own life, and, and listen, <laughs> take it to God. Do what His Word, that's the only fixing up and you're going to do, is through God and His Word. But so many of you, you've got such weight on your shoulder, you're so burdened, and that wasn't God's plan. He didn't tell you you had to fix all this stuff. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. He said, leave it in my hands. I'll take care of it. I'll get to it. Leave it in my hands. But if you take it back, then it's yours, and then you're responsible for it now. I don't want, I'm not big enough for that responsibility. I'm just going to leave it in God's hands. Now, I'm just going to quote a few verses to you. These may be on the screen. I don't remember if I put them up there or not. But Psalm 91 because we've got to realize who the enemy is. We've got to identify that. Sometimes there may be somebody that's trying to get at you. It's the devil working through them. But you need to know this, that the way to victory is sticking as close to Jesus as you can. And not just saying, I, I know that, but actually doing it. It's one thing to say, amen, I know the scripture says that. It's another thing to do it. There's a lot of deceived people because James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, or else you're deceiving yourself. There's so many deceived Christians because they know what the scripture says, but they don't actually do it. And then they're deceived and they're lost and they're searching and and, and in a big mess. Be doers of the word. Stick close to Jesus. Who could really say amen? I mean, that's what I'm. Stick close to Jesus. Psalm 91, verse 1 says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God and I trust Him. Mm. But what did it say about all that? It, It said that we live in the shelter of the Most High. Listen, I don't visit the shelter I don't drive by and give my nod to God. Oh, there's the shelter. I live in the shelter of the Most High. That means every day I am surrounding myself. I want to be so close right now. Sam is in this stage where he's just constantly grabbing my shirts. All my T-shirts look like they have a tail on them because he's stretched them out so far. Even yesterday, we're playing Tiny Tots basketball. I'm trying to run up the court with the kid. He's tugging because he wants to be that close to me all the time. And sometimes I'm like, bro, pump the brakes, man. I need a minute. Just, But with God the Father, we need to be that close. We're, God, I'm, I'm hanging on. I am not letting go. I am hanging on. I want to be so close to you that I don't want to let go. It says if they abide under the shadow of the Almighty, you can't abide under my shadow if you're a 100 miles away. You abide under the shadow of somebody when you're right up next to them. This I declare, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And then a couple verses down, verse 9 says, if what, what 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 kind of word is that? It's a conditional word. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. Bro, I heard they got coronavirus down there. It's in Orange County now. It's getting closer. I don't care where coronavirus is. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress. I'm not afraid of a plague. I'm not afraid of the plague, the, you know, the, 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 the pestilence, the whatever you want to call it, man. I don't care. No plague will come near my home. No plague of sickness, no plague of divorce, no plague of depression, no plague of whatever. Why? Because I am right up next there to my dad, and I am not letting go. And he promised me, hey, I'm on your side in this situation. You're going to win. Well, I found out that what if the enemy is me? What if I'm my own enemy? What if it's me versus me one-on-one? God is on my side. (laughs) God, you know, sometimes you're wrestling yourself. Sometimes you're like, wait till I find that enemy, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, it was me, uh, dang it, uh, but, oh, sorry, but listen, listen, in that situation, God is on your side, and God has a way of shutting the bad you up and letting the good you rise up and say, I'm going to fix this thing around or you'll quit being your own worst enemy. I'm going to fix this thing around and deliver you and restore you from constantly harming yourself. I'm going to fix it. I am on your side. Even if you're the enemy, I am on your side. And I'm going to turn this thing around and restore you if you'll just shut up and listen to me and do things my way. And so as we kind of come in for landing today, what is it we're talking about? The promises of God that, man, this this was some good stuff. Man, I just, I got all happy all over again. This was some really good promises that, number one, God will show me which direction to take. No more being lost. I'm done. No more being lost. God will show me which direction that I need to take. God loves me enough to discipline me. And this I know, God is on My side, I don't have to get back at people. I don't have to get back at circumstances. I'm just going to leave it to God. He's going to fix it. God is on my side. If you can say amen today, say amen to that. And let's stand up and give the Lord some praise. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.